Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Harbin here with you on this gray, rainy day here in Portland. I hope it's. Uh, I hope the weather's better for you wherever you are, because it is spring, right? This is the first full week of April. Anyhow, we got a lot on the program today. I want to start out with cutting out the middlemen and getting our energy straight from the sun. I'll fill you in on that in just a moment. Also, I want to talk about Betsy DeVos and her family. They're pouring money into Ron DeSantis right now. A Michigan billionaire family pouring money into Ron DeSantis. Maybe we should pay attention to this. I'll tell you about that in just a few minutes. Also is the news, our mainstream media, are they hoping for a Trump return or a wannabe Trump like DeSantis? Do they think that that would be more profitable to cover? I mean, you know, news was really up during the Trump administration, and it's kind of been down outside of the war. Are they committed to this? We'll get into that. And also, why is it that the Fox so-called news viewers, when they are paid to watch CNN, actually change their political views? I mean, this is literally like cult deprogramming. I'll tell you all about that. But I want to start out with the rant that I wrote, my daily rant for the Hartman Report, hartmanreport.com, which, by the way, you can read anytime you want. Uh, it's absolutely free, and uh, there's no ads. So just, you know, it's like, hey, get the word out, right? This is my goal. The headline is, cut out the middlemen and get your energy straight from the sun. And the point that I'm making about this thing is that, first of all, if you want to reduce the power of right-wing fossil fuel billionaires in the United States, or if you want to kick Vladimir Putin where it counts, stop using fossil fuels. And the easiest way that the average person can stop using fossil fuels, if you're, now I get it, not everybody can afford to buy a new car or even a used car, but if you're at the point where you're thinking about getting a new car, is to get either an all-electric car or an electric gas plug-in hybrid. We need to kick our addiction to ancient sunlight. Now, here's the thing. I, you know, when I sat down to write this article this weekend, I spent some time on uh, using both the uh, DuckDuckGo and the Google search engines 
looking for information about you know the cost of driving an electric car versus the cost of driving a gasoline-powered car. I'll, t I'll tell you right up front, it costs about $14 to drive a normal gas-powered car 100 miles. But at, at last month's gas prices, you know, around five, five bucks an hour, excuse me, I, I have the hiccups here. Whereas if you're driving a, an electric car, it costs $14 to drive 100 miles in a gas car, it costs $5 to drive that same car if it's electric for 100 miles. Same weight car, five bucks. And that's if you're buying the electricity from your utility by plugging the car into your house. If you put solar panels on your house and use them to, to, you know, to charge your car, it costs nothing. But it's like insanely difficult to find that data on the internet. I mean, I defy you to try it. Just, just try plugging you know, cost of driving electric cars into, into a search engine. You will be overwhelmed with websites, most of which you've never even heard the names of, that sound very credible. And then others that are like, I mean, you know, the, the first page of my, my results uh, on, on one of these search engines uh, had the New York Daily Post, Rupert Murdoch's publication, and Breitbart. But no useful information. I had to dig down to 30, 40, you know, clicks down, links down to find this information, which is just mind-boggling. Now, why would that be? Well, it's because the fossil fuel billionaires, fossil fuels are a trillion dollar industry in the United States. A trillion dollar industry. Last year, according to Forbes magazine, we subsidized, or excuse me, the year before last, 2020, we subsidized the last year that we have statistics for. We subsidized the fossil fuel industry in the United States to the tune of over $600 billion. Now, keep in mind, I, you know, we're, we're talking defense budget size subsidies. The you know, Forbes magazine estimates the worldwide subsidies in the year 2020 for fossil fuels, $5.9 trillion. Yeah, $5.9 trillion. That's $11 million a minute. So you get that there's a real strong incentive to keep those subsidies flowing. That's your tax dollars and mine going directly into the pockets of petrobillionaires who then fund right-wing think tanks and right-wing politicians. And, 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 and right-wing websites that, that, that promote this. So, you know, number one. And number two, you know, they, they, really, they really just are doing all this based on the fact that people don't understand how energy works. People think the fossil fuels are like some, you know, natural thing that just like, hey, they've always been around. Fossil fuels are called fossil fuels because they're literally fossils. They're hundreds of millions of years old. And they're made out of plants. Coal, oil, and natural gas all started out as plants hundreds of millions of years ago. And what did those plants do? Through a process called photosynthesis, they capture energy from the sun, use that energy to drive a chemical process inside the plant that pulls carbon from carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, and hydrogen and oxygen from water vapor in the atmosphere or from water absorbed by the roots, and convert that carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen into substances that we call carbohydrates. Carbo as in carbon and hydrates as in oxygen and 
and, and or carbon and oxygen, right? Excuse me, oxygen and hydrogen. H, H2O, we call that water, right? Hydrates, carbohydrates, carbon and hydrates. And so at the sun's energy is captured by the plant and binds these three elements together into carbohydrates. When you burn those carbohydrates, like you know, burning a log in a, in a campfire or in a, in a fireplace, you're burning the tree, you're burning the carbohydrates that make up the tree, the, the, the heat and light that you see is the energy that was captured by the sun when that tree was alive. When you're burning a fossil fuel, you're burning energy that was captured from the sun over 200 million years ago. We're burning through a million years worth of sunlight every day on this earth right now by burning fossil fuels. So why have the middlemen? Why do we, you know, all of the energy that we use is sunlight. It all originated as sunlight, whether it's being captured by solar panels. And it's just in the last, really in the last 30 or 40 years that we've gotten good enough at this technology, you know, the, the, of converting sunlight directly into electricity, direct, you know, capturing sun energy and making it into a usable form. It's just in the last, you know, 30, 40 years that it's become, you know, price competitive and highly efficient. Solar panels today cost 97% less than they did 50 years ago. It's mind-boggling. It's cheaper to use solar electricity and wind electricity, which is also in part driven by the heat from the sun, which changes our weather patterns. It's cheaper to use that than it is to use any fossil fuel now. And yet again, you won't find that easily on the internet with a search engine. I really pity the kids who are trying to write, you know, term papers for high school these days. Because there's so much misinformation out there that just has saturated these search engines. So here's the bottom line, and it's, it's very simple and very straightforward. Again, if you want to if, if participate in reducing the power of right-wing petrobillionaires in America and Putin, the petrobillionaire over in Russia, stop using fossil fuels. I mean, it's, it's, it's very straightforward. Use sun directly to the extent that you can. There's no need to wait millions of years for plants to con you know, to decompose and form fossil fuels. There's no need to then ignite those ancient plants in, in uh, uh, combustion chambers, you know, with spark plugs. There's no need to convert what you can grab from the energy from those explosions into rotating circular motion. There's no need to have an exhaust system to get the toxic waste byproducts of that combustion away from you so it doesn't poison you, put it in, you know, just, just poison the general atmosphere. No need to do that. And no need to have a radiator and a water pump to get rid of the excess heat that can't be converted into motion. So. It's straightforward stuff, and, and it's just like there's not enough just simple, clean, clear explanation of this out there. So I put together this op-ed today just to say this. This is how it works. This is how the, this is the science behind it. You know, we need to get behind this. And, and by the way, people say, oh, but I can't afford an electric car. The Nissan Leaf right now sells for $27,000. The average cost of a gasoline-powered car in America right now is $38,000. So don't give me this, oh, I can't afford. Well, I get it. Some people can't afford to buy any car at all. In fact, probably most Americans. But if you're thinking about buying a car, seriously, look at this.
This is the Tom Hartman Program. It's 17 minutes past the hour. Keep in mind, the second largest source of, of carbon pollution in the United States is transportation. We need to fix this. Janet in Evans, Colorado. Hey, Janet, what's on your mind today? Morning, Tom. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the op-ed that you're talking about with electric cars. Uh-huh. And uh, I purchased a 2012 e-Golf, a VW e-Golf. And it only cost me 12000 It's a 2016. Mm-hmm. And Is that I an electric car? I'm not familiar place. with it. The e-Golf? Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Um, it's, it's like the VW Golf, except it's the e-Golf. It's totally electric. Okay, cool. And I don't even charge it at home anymore. You're, you're talking about um, getting solar panels so that you could, you know, you don't have to pay to charge it. And I have found places that don't charge. And so I basically drive my car for free. And that's going to be, there's going to be more and more of those around the country. The, the uh, infrastructure bill that Congress passed last year is going to put up a half a million of them around the country. Although I'm guessing right. a lot of those are going to be corporate owned because uh, Joe Manchin got that one sentence slipped into that bill that all of the, uh, what was it, a half a billion dollars, I think, all, or a half a trillion dollars, all of that money has to run through a corporation before it can serve the public good. So probably what they're going to do is put up right. 500,000 charging stations where you put in a credit card and you pay some company. But still, right. you know, so are, you're in Colorado. I, I, you know, I have, I have friends who live in Los Angeles, and, and in a lot of the public parking spaces, there's free charging, you know, in, in some parts of that, uh, of that town. Is, is that how it is in, uh, in well, Evans, Colorado? I have found, I'm in, I'm in northern Colorado. I'm about 60 miles north of Denver. Mm-hmm. And I found that, um, like, we own Harley-Davidson's. Mm-hmm. And Harley-Davidson has a new electric bike out. It's called the Livewire. Huh. And so all the, elect, all the Harley dealers have to have electric chargers. For the bikes, right, and they don't charge, ah. and so we go up there and charge my car all the time. And the dealer up the street where I got, I purchased my car said, "Oh, bring it in any time, and you know, there's no charge. You can, you know." Right. And then across the street is a car park, and I think it's the BMW. They don't charge. Wow. So if we, you know, if we're out north of our house and we're low. We just pull into the BMW. I think the VW dealer does it, too. Wow. Uh, across the street. They don't charge. Wow. So basically, if you watch your miles on my car, it will tell me how many miles I have left. Right. And if I'm within 10 miles, I know basically anywhere I can charge it for free. And I just pull in, and we sit and, and talk or whatever for 30 minutes or so. And it uh-huh. gives me 50 miles or so to get back home. But I, I don't charge it at home anymore. Yeah, that's amazing. I just, I just know all the places around me that are, and a lot of the dealers are offering this because all the dealers are offering electric cars. Yeah. And so if you if you go and buy a BMW or VW or a Ford, they basically, that's part of the sales incentive, I think, is they say, oh, you know what? Bring it in anytime you want and charge it. It's like, it. it's like you know, free as gasoline. As long as the charger's available. Amazing. And, but I have charge points. And some places you have to watch it because when you go to a charge point, some places they're not free; they're ten bucks. Yeah, no, I've got, I've got, I've got two of them. I've got charge point and another yeah. one. I'd have to look on my phone, and and they and they charge about twice what my home electric costs. 
you know, right. so, so, right. but it's still you cheaper than gasoline. You just have to kind of learn, and you could even call places that, um, like dealers or whatever, and just yeah. say, hey, do you have free charger? Amazing. Because okay. they want to get you in and use the charger, and sure. then you, while you're charging your car, you're looking around at other cars. There you go. And you're like, Janet, oh, I, I got to run, but thank you. Thank you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back. A couple of other things I wanted to point out. Uh, we're, we're, the world is watching. And, you know, I framed my whole rant about electric cars in the context of you want to cut Putin off at the knees. Putin wouldn't have the power he has if it wasn't for fossil fuels. 40% of Russia's income is from the sale of fossil fuels. And, and, and frankly, that number may be low. It may be even higher than that. But they also, you know, they also supply a lot of raw materials to the world. But they're now, now they've got these uh, bizarre conspiracy sites. Um, there, there was, there's, uh, you know, just a, a great article about this over at crooksandliars.com. The headline, conspiracy theorists claim Bucha massacre is crisis actors. Remember when Alex Jones said that those dead children at Sandy, at Sandy Hook were crisis actors? They were just, you know, kids that they'd made up to look like they'd been shot up and stuff like that. And the parents, that they were all crisis actors. Well, this one, you know, here, one of these tweets, and they're, they're very active on Twitter right now. One tweet claims that as the car is driving along and it passes a dead body, there's a raindrop that runs down the... It's, it's raining. There's a raindrop that runs down the, the windshield, and the raindrop kind of distorts the body for a second, and they say, oh, look at his arms moving. He's not really dead. He's a crisis actor. Another one claims that it's fake because the guy's wearing Canadian fighting gear. Well, a lot of Canadians have donated bulletproof vests and things to Ukraine. The Russians are now claiming that all those dead bodies are people who were killed by themselves. They were Ukrainians killing each other. Oh, yeah, great fun and raping their women, and in some cases they've documented now rape of children. The Russians are saying, oh no, that was the Ukrainians who did this. And then uh, there's another one that's very popular. It's all over the internet, or it's all over Twitter in particular. And it shows, you know, a, a Ukrainian soldier being made up to look like he's been in a war. Well, that's from an old Ukrainian movie, actually. So anyhow, there's that. In addition to that, Speaking of, you know, <laughs> wackadoodles, what are we going to do in the United States if Ron DeSantis is the nominee for president? 
the DeVos family, Betsy DeVos, this billionaire, Michigan billionaire family, you know, made most of their money on uh, Amway, on, on multi-level marketing stuff, have been on a, a tear against public education for years and years and years. But they are now pouring money into, into Ron DeSantis. Her husband, Betsy herself, has given, you know, the, uh, personally to DeSantis. Her husband, Dick DeVos, has their son, Rick, their grandson, Dalton, their niece, Olivia, their, uh, Dick DeVos's brother, Daniel. I'm, I'm getting all this from peaceandsalon.com, by the way. Um, their brother, Daniel, and his wife, Pamela. Uh, their other brother, Douglas. Uh, Dick DeVos's sister, Suzanne Cheryl DeVos. All of them pouring money into the, into the DeSantis campaign. Now, these people are not stupid. Does this, is this the leading indicator right now that probably Ron DeSantis is going to be the Republican nominee for president? And if so, how do we respond to that? He's using right now in Florida the same strategy that Viktor Orban used in Hungary. Viktor Orban said, you know, basically, liberals want to turn your children into homosexuals. That was, honest to God, that was his main pitch. And they're, and they're trying to use the schools to do it. And surprise, surprise, Ron DeSantis comes along with his don't say gay legislation. How do we deal with, how does America deal with a reincarnation of Donald Trump, only this time, a smart guy with a law school degree? I think somebody other than DeSantis is probably going to be the nominee. I put my money on DeSantis right now. I think he's right at the top of the list. What say you? Two quick stories, then I pick up your phone calls here. Uh, Yes, the Russians in Ukraine are slaughtering people, obviously, raping, murdering, killing, including children. I mean, it's just, it's like the worst QAnon fantasy has, has, uh, you know, come to life here in in Bucha and some of these other regions around Kyiv. And, of course, the Biden administration has said we need... There, there, there's only a certain amount of sanctions that you can do through executive action. Congress has to act. And two weeks ago, the Biden administration put forward legislation, Democrats in Congress, both the House and the Senate, put forward legislation, actually it passed the House, to, to sanction Russia, to make those sanctions really bite, to really hurt Vladimir Putin. It still hasn't passed the Senate. Because for the last two weeks, Rand Paul has had, it, has had this piece of legislation on a two-week delay. Honest to God, Rand Paul is blocking legislation to sanction Russia in the United States Senate. The Republican from Kentucky. Democrats are going to try again this week to get around his blockage. But it's, it's very easy to gum up the works of the United States Senate. The rules are designed for slow and deliberative processes. The other other story I wanted to share with you, which I I think is just absolutely hysterical, is about Moms for Liberty down in Florida. Moms for Liberty are, you know, is one of these groups that's behind the Don't Say Gay Bill. And the Don't Say Gay Bill specifically says that you can't, you know, in kindergarten through third grade, you may not mention, you know, anything about uh, gender or, you know, like if, if uh, you know, a kid comes in and says, I have two daddies or I have two mommies, uh, you're not allowed to talk about that in class. You just can't. 
So this is hysterical. This is a letter that the Moms for Liberty, the, the right-wing group that supports the Don't Say Gay Bill, is all upset about. Let me just share this with you, because it's, this is a what's good for the goose is good for the gander thing. Dear Florida parent, this is a, a letter from a teacher in Florida to the, to the parents. Dear Florida parent, the Florida House of Representatives has recently, recently ruled that, quote, this is from the law, this is verbatim from the law, classroom instruction by school, school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students, end quote. To be in accordance with this policy, writes this teacher, I will no longer be referring to your student with gendered pronouns. All students will be referred to as the or them. I will no longer use gendered titles such as Mr. or Mrs. or make any references to my husband or wife in the classroom. From now on, I will be using the non-gendered title MX. Furthermore, I will be removing all books or instruction which refer to a person being a mother, father, husband, or wife, as these are gender identities that may also allude to sexual orientation. Needless to say, all books which refer to a character as he or she must also be removed from my classroom. If you have any concerns about this policy, please feel free to contact your local Republican congressperson. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's pick up your phone calls. What's on your mind today? Tyrone in Harlem, New York. Hey, Tyrone, what's up? Hey, Charles. Uh, Nikola Tesla was well on his way of making electricity free for everybody in this world. Yeah, in 1922, he predicted that it would, it would solve the, world, the world's energy problems. And he was well on his way of doing it. I was looking at TV, and this guy brought a solar-powered car into a pawn shop. He was trying to pawn the solar-powered car that he made in his garage. So for these people to, to, to uh, tell us uh, or try to make believe that there's no other way that things could be operated in this country... Is, is a bold-faced lie. These multi-millionaires and billionaires know that all they care about is their bottom line. And yeah. if it burns, if it, if it destroys this country or this world, and they can make money off the ashes, that's what they're going to do. They burn this, this place to the ground. That's what they are doing, Tyrone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, 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 so we got to know that we got to stand up against this, this, this blatant disregard for our life. This yeah. Oh, here's this is this is this amazing study. The Guardian just reported. I'll just give you the first sentence. This is the first sentence of the article in The Guardian. Quote, a speedy nationwide transition to electric vehicles powered by renewable energy will save more than 100,000 American lives and one point two trillion dollars in public health costs over the next three decades. And they know this. These people, they, they know this, and they're not willing to change, and we have to be willing to make them change because our life is at stake here, our, our kids' life and our future. And yeah. unless we stand up for it, we're going to continue to go down this road of self-destruction. Yeah. I wanted to ask you something about, because you said something about the Proud Boys. That was something that raised my eyebrow. Then I heard Joe Madison talking about it this morning, about what you said, and he was also somewhat disenchanted and i thought about how africans in the slave trade that's how they use each other to fight 
you know, first you kill one tribe, then you use another tribe to kill another tribe, and then you end up taking over the whole scenario. And that's what I think about when you think about working with the Proud Boys. They're willing to work with you to kill their enemy, but they're also looking to knock you off, too. Yeah, no, I I, I get it. And it's interesting because among our staff, people who would kind of fall into minority status, as it were, I don't don't want to get too personal here. It's just probably not appropriate. But we're saying, what, are you crazy? And the other straight white people on our staff were like, yeah, of course. And it caused me to wonder if, A, uh, you know, this is my white privilege showing that I'm, you know, I'm just assuming that probably most people who call themselves proud boys you know when push comes to shove or are not murderous sobs that those are the exceptions to the rule you know because hey they're white people too which is entirely possible right i'm you know i'm 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 owning here what may be going on in my unconscious processes or is it that minorities who are the typically the target of proud boys whether they're gender or racial minorities that that they are in their mind exaggerating the threat that the proud boys represent and i don't know the answer and i'm i'm guessing that there's probably a little bit of both um but it's an interesting issue that would be a fascinating thing to do some sort of a deep dive psychologically and sociologically into you know why those yeah. different responses it probably has more to do with the fact that i'm straight and white and and therefore i'm not you know, I was going to say I'm not on their victim list, but the fact of the matter is that I have been threatened by them, and I know that. You know, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm in the business where a the earlier version of the Proud Boys, which was the Aryan Nation, murdered a talk show host, Alan Berg, as he was walking out of his radio studio back 30 years ago. So, so it's not like I have nothing to worry about here. But I actually made some notes about that after that conversation, after I got off the air, and thought, you know, this is, this is, uh, uh, might be worth writing an op-ed about or, or talking about more. But I, I just don't know, Tyrone. I think that it's probably both those things. Maybe there's a third va- variable that I'm not considering. Yeah, because it is definitely something that, um, as a, you know, as a targeted class of people, you, you say, well, you want to say the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but you don't know yeah. how far this guy's willing to take it and knowing already that he's adversarial against you that's already one you know it's like russia and united states joined together to beat germany but once that whole whole thing was over with the russian is the you know they they they, they still understood america still understood that russia no i i got that but but tyrone if russia had not joined together with with the united states to fight germany we would have lost yeah, yes, 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 that's definitely something to look at. That was my yeah. point. And, and it wasn't like, you know, hey, in modern-day America, I would ever, you know, hook up with them. But if, if Portland yeah. was in rubble, if three-quarters of the city had been bombed out, if Russian soldiers were coming through robbing and raping and pillaging and, and killing, I would probably take help wherever I could get her. At least I wouldn't be asking people what their political affiliation was you know, before I stood shoulder to shoulder with them to fight against the Russians. But like I said, I, you know, it, it may be my white privilege showing. It, it probably is, uh, you know, or like I said, it might be that, yeah. that uh, uh, on the other side, people are exaggerating the risk. So well, uh, this is something to look into. It is. It's an interesting topic, Tyrone. I'm glad Joe picked it up this morning. Tyrone, thanks a lot for the call.
Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Maverick in Edmonds, Washington. Hey, Maverick. Well, Tom, funny thing about the don't say gay bill is you have to say gay every time you say don't say gay bill. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they gave it a different Uh, actual name, but yes, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm a petrol head. I've been my whole life. I'm 57, I think, yeah. And uh, let me tell you a little quick story about how I drank the uh, flavor aid of electric cars. Um, and then I could rattle off 20 things that are, are the benefits of electric cars, or you could ask me a question afterwards. But for all those petrol heads out there, people that might be skeptical, a couple of years ago I went and test drove a uh, Chevy electric vehicle with the express purpose of hoping that I would hate it. You're right? Go ahead. Uh, this is an inexpensive car, um, and it was it was a blast. It was so fun to drive. Was that the Bolt uh, or the Volt? Uh, I think it was the lower end one, and yeah. which I don't call, recall which okay. one that is. But it was an all-electric car. Oh, that was the Bolt. Uh, a couple of years later, um, I, I had the means to... Uh, to uh, trade in an old car that I'd had that actually appreciated in value and uh, bought a Model 3, uh, a Tesla. The car's not perfect. This is the uh, the $35,000 or $38,000 Tesla, the cheap one? I think the entry-level model starts around 40. The mid-level with all-wheel drive starts around 50, and the high-performance one is around 60. And yeah. that extra ten grand. It's it's absolutely not worth it. Uh, right. It's, it's just it's not economical. But totally it's status it. for some people. Anyway, so uh, it's not perfect, but it is such a blast to drive because it's just rocket ship fast. It's fast like a like a Porsche turbo. Yeah. Uh, seriously, within a few seconds, a few tenths of a second of that, it costs me next to nothing to operate. Um, uh, it costs me a dollar a day to drive 40 miles a day, and that shows up on my Tesla app. Uh, the car is its absolutely quiet when you're driving down the road, which is wonderful. Um, I don't even have to use my brakes. Some days I barely touch the brakes at all because you just drive with your right foot. The car uses its uh, kinetic energy, its motion, 
to recharge the battery, which slows the car down. Right. It's wonderful. And on top of that, so you're not replacing your brake pads as often, and you don't have to clean your wheels as often because they're not getting full of brake dust. Right. It's absolutely wonderful. Which is asbestos, and, by the way, and, and uh, or maybe at least it used to be. I used to replace brake pads when I was a teenager. For, and, it hasn't and, been asbestos for, for, for quite a while. Oh, it hasn't been? Okay, good. That's, that's reassuring. But it's... It's it's not good to breathe this stuff in either way. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I could drive from here to New York City with, without uh, without any problem. I just plug in the address and it'll just tell me, okay, stop here for ten minutes, stop here for fifteen minutes. Um, it might take a couple extra hours. You're driving all the way across the country, but hey, you know, to get out of your car after driving for two or three hours and walk around for fifteen minutes, what's wrong with that? It's healthy. <laughs> It's healthy. And the next generation of batteries, they're building these batteries with more and more uh, basically cells in them, so they charge more rapidly. And, you know, we're going to be pretty soon looking at, you know, five and ten minute charges, uh, you know, full charges on electric cars. That, it's it's going to do nothing but get better. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Anyway, Tom, I hear the music, and I gotta, I'm going to come up to a hard break. i got to let you go. Okay. Thanks a lot, Maverick. Good talking to you. Roger in Lake Ariel, Pennsylvania. Hey, Roger, what's on your mind today? Um, something that you had mentioned earlier about um, Rand Paul uh, blocking some legislation, to, uh, not annex, but... Um, to sanction Russia. Sanction Russia. And this has come up over the years. And I said this is a perfect opportunity to call you and remind you what you said in 2017 in the summer of when um, seven to nine uh, Republican legislators went over to Russia. We don't know what they went for over the for. For the 4th of July. Yes. And Rand Paul, uh, you also uh, reported Rand Paul uh, delivered a hand or some type of message to Putin at the same time. And I'm still Was wondering. Was that to Putin from Trump? It. That's my recollection. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm for the, whatever amount of years it's been, I'm still wondering why. And no one in the news uh, who report news or read news has said anything about it since that particular time. And mm -hmm. I'm still curious. I don't know about you. Yeah, what did that <laughs> why note say? Why did they say? need to go? Yeah, why my, did they need to go? My guess is it said something like, why don't you let me build a Trump Tower in Russia? But um, and who knows? Who knows? The, who knows? There was something else. There was a congressman from um, California who made a trip over to uh, the Russian bank in Cyprus. You mentioned that in that year also. And um, I'm still wondering why would why is it necessary? Yeah. Why no. would it be I'm, necessary? I, I'm, I'm with you, Rob. Uh, Roger, excuse me. Uh, spot on. Thank you very much for the call. Rob in Colorado Springs, Colorado says you want to argue with me about something? I wouldn't say argue. I would say uh, debate, Tom. Uh, just quick background, man. I'm a I'm a straight white conservative guy, but honestly, I like uh, listening to your show. And um, thank you. You know, sometimes I, I kind of I get a chuckle out of some of your opinions and okay. everything. But we just so have I, about a minute and a half, Rob. Up, so let's uh, get right to it. What's your What's your bottom line here? All right, the don't don't say gay bill. I think that that's uh, for one thing in the in the bill. Nowhere in the bill does it say the words gay, homosexual, anything like that. It says gender and identity I think that people are or sexuality. Gender identity, correct. Right. So it's like how far? I know you read the letter about to the moms for liberty uh, from the school teacher, and 
you know, that was going to take away all gender pronouns. And well, that's because that's what the law literally that. says. That It's just a way of pointing out how absurd this law is. Well, I don't think it's that absurd unless you really stand it on its head and you stand everything that, that society is built on on its head, which is what this teacher was doing. Are you saying that saying, everything society is built on is... Well, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Rob. Finish your thought. Well, yeah, I mean, everything we know about the human race, basically, that men aren't men, men, men are women, and women are men, and your mom's not your dad. There, there has been homosexuality in the human race as long as there's been a human race. It exists in all mammalian species and in a lot of non-mammalian species. There's always a small yeah, percentage of the population that is not straight. And, and, to, and, to, and, and to, you know, to trash people like that, to kill people like that, I mean, which has historically been the case, to, to uh, discriminate against people like that is just so wrong. And, and to say that if, if a kid you. comes into class who is, you know, who is being parented by, by uh, you know, two dads or two moms that, and wants to talk about it and the teacher has to shut that kid up and send him out of the class, I guess it's wrong. I don't think that's what the, uh, the, that's what the, law, the law says. Is. I think the law says that they're not going to have sex, sex ed, for lack of a better nobody term. Does, sex well, they, okay, well, kids, nobody does. Well, well, nobody does sex ed on kindergartners be, anyway, yeah, outside of what is abuse. Right. So I think that that's why. I think that's the point. So are you saying bill. that and, this is a this is a, a solution looking for a problem? No, I wouldn't say that. And before we go any further, I was just saying that I did say I'm I'm straight, but I have no problem. I don't discriminate against homosexuality. Yeah, no, I I, I, I get at all. Rob, I got I got to run. Thank you. Um, I, I what I'm seeing with the Don't Say Gay Bill, and what Disney is seeing, is an attempt to exploit hate or fear of uh, homosexuality and associated things for political purposes. Purely, nothing more. You're listening to Tom Hartman. So why is the press rooting against Joe Biden? Have you noticed this? Eric Bowler is writing about this over at PressRun.media this morning. He says, like, like clockwork, the first Friday of the month brought another blockbuster jobs report. This has been going on now, basically, you know, for for month after month after month, I think it's been 11 straight months that Joe Biden has had these kind of job reports ever since he pushed through Congress the American Rescue Plan. We added 400,000 jobs last month in March. He is on pace right now during his first full two years in office, which will you know, wrap up at the end of this year, um, to have created over 10 million American jobs with the unemployment rate dropping all the way down to 3%. That's unprecedented. It literally has never happened before in American history. And compare that to Donald Trump, who had four years in office, and during those four years, he lost 3 million jobs, net-net. And yet the press, as Eric Bullard notes, shrugs off the good news. Politico on Friday had an article the reality of that one strong jobs report does not snap the administration out of its current circumstances. One strong jobs report? It was the 11th in a row. 11 months in a row. 
So why would Politico write something like that? Why would any news, why is the, and it's not, this is not to pick on Politico, they do some really great reporting, but, you know, is it, we're seeing this all across the press. Why are they doing this? this these are headlines from CNN. Uh, as a result of this, you know, 11th month in a row of major plus job figures, the economy is doing great. Headlines on CNN. America's job market is on fire. Here's why it doesn't feel like it. Booming job, another headline. Booming job growth is a double-edged sword for Joe Biden. Oh, really? Another CNN headline. Why a great jobs report can't save Joe Biden. The Washington Post. Jeff Bezos' you know, publication. Unemployment hits pandemic low in March, but uncertainty looms ahead. Another from the Washington Post. Biden gets strong job report, but sour mood still prevails. Could it be prevailing because you keep telling people it's there? I mean, Axios, this, this is, uh, you know, uh, again, I'm, I'm quoting here Eric Bowler. Axios contorted itself by claiming Biden's promise to add millions of new jobs, which he's already accomplished, by the way, was being threatened because there aren't enough workers or something like that. In the Washington Post on Friday, when this jobs report came out, it was the 87th story down on the Washington Post website. 80, you had to scroll through 87 headlines to find it. You had to scroll past, what's the best way to share my old home videos? You had to scroll past the Duke, North Carolina rivalry by the numbers to find out that the economy is doing better than it's done since the 1960s. As Dean Baker with the Center for Economic and Policy Research noted, uh, the unemployment earnings situation for more than 160 million people was barely a blip in the American media. On the Sundays Meet the Press, for example, uh, they had one long feature about how immigration is going to be a problem for Democrats and another one about how Trump might be a problem for Democrats. Biden's historic economic performance, it was literally 100% completely ignored on Meet the Press. I call it Meet the Republicans. If it's Sunday, it's Meet the Republicans, right? So why do you think that 37% of, of Americans, 37, more than a third of all Americans believe right now that last month the economy lost jobs? Why would that be? When over the last year it's gained 7 million jobs? Only 28% of Americans know that jobs are up. Does this not say that the media is not doing their job? Speaking of jobs. So why are they doing this? My theory is that bad news sells. And scary news sells even more. That when Trump was president, every time he said some new outrageous thing and everybody got all, you know, bad out of shape about it, it was more money in the pockets of the news agencies, which ever since 1987 have been driven by profits. That was the year that not only did Reagan do away with the Fairness Doctrine, but that was also the year the CBS took their news division, which was a segregated, separate kind of company within a company that was not designed to make money because it was the cost of maintaining a, radio or a television station license was that you had to carry news. You, you know, the, the Fairness Doctrine required public service programming. 
And that was the year that CBS moved their news department out of being a separate standalone department with its own vice president and moved it under the vice president for entertainment programming, which is where all the news departments are for all the networks now. I think that they're, they're looking for a horse race in 2024. They, they want it. They, the news media understands that they make more money. There's more eyeballs when it is tight, tight, tight. It's why they pushed Trump so hard in 2016. Let's have a horse race. They just pushed him a little too hard. They gave him literally billions of dollars in free, free media coverage. If Trump sneezes, it becomes a story. So that's story one. Story two, and this kind of parallels to it, is pretty remarkable. This is a groundbreaking new study. The people actually decided that this was conducted back in September of 2020. It's been a year and a half since the study happened. We're learning about it now in detail because it's gone through the vetting process for scientific studies. And what they did was they found 763 qualifying people who got all their news from Fox News. And they randomly selected 40% of them and put them in what they referred to as the treatment group. The treatment group was paid by the hour to watch CNN, up to seven hours a week, which is nothing, right? One hour a day, every day for a week, or its equivalent. One hour of CNN and then go back and continue watching Fox News for eight hours a day. No problem, we'll still pay you. This is the report as published over at Raw Story today. At the three-day three mark, the viewers took a survey. Quote, we found large effects of watching CNN instead of Fox News and participants' factual perceptions of current beliefs, uh, current events, excuse me, and knowledge about the 2020 presidential candidates' positions. Keep in mind, this was in September 2020, running up to the election. They discovered changes in attitudes about Donald Trump and Republicans as well as a large effect on their opinions about COVID. The viewers also evolved to believe that if Donald Trump made a mistake, quote, Fox News would not cover it. In other words, Fox is engaging in partisan coverage filtering. The findings might suggest that the most cost-effective way for Democrats to win elections is to start running their own infomercials and commercials on Fox Network. Yes, let's give them more money. Problem is, you know, the Lincoln Project tried this. Occupy Democrats, I believe, tried it. I know it was one of the big Democratic groups running an ad. I think Midas Touch tried this. Let's run our ad on Fox News. And Fox says, no, we won't take that ad. It's amazing. Fox News viewers who watch CNN get smarter. Now, there was a meme over the weekend, turns out not to have been true, that uh, the president of New Zealand said, we don't have political divisions here because Rupert Murdoch doesn't own any media in New Zealand. But he doesn't. Canada said no to Fox News. Could it be that simple that we've got a poison within our media ecosystem? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Don in Paragold, Arkansas. Hey, Don, what's on your mind today? Hey, thank you for taking my call, Tom. What I wanted to say was a couple of weeks ago, I went to uh, Memphis and just for some reason was drawn to go to the National uh, Civil Rights Museum. Mm-hmm. And today is we have the assassination of Martin Luther King. And I'm just thinking that you don't have to be a CSI detective to go there and see that the official version is absolutely not even close to what happened. James Earl Ray did not sneak away in a 289 Mustang. I mean, and even the National Archives puts question on the trajectory of the bullet it, and they say that they cannot come with a, up with a, you know, so talk about dumbing down the American people. What would happen if Martin Luther King had lived and actually had been a vice president candidate and his whole movement of peace and ending war, would it have been a, a change in the American, you know, landscape if Martin mm-hmm. Luther King had been allowed? I mean, one of the reasons why they preserved that Lorraine Motel, and if you haven't been to Memphis, I encourage I have not. all of your... I mean, I've been to Memphis, but I've never I, seen these sites that you're talking about. Well, the Lorraine Motel is just down the road from the Peabody. That's the National Archives Museum. That's where National, That's the exact spot where Martin Luther King was assassinated. Mm-hmm. And the why it's still there the way it is is because they want you well they want you to go there and realize that it didn't happen that way and that the, do they say that out loud or is this a conclusion you drew no they don't say it out loud but the national archives uh say that the bullet probably didn't come from where they said it came from and jesse jackson and all those guys were uh pointing someplace else yeah the police were on the scene i encourage you to, to look into it a little bit more but today is a very uh, important day, a dark day in American history, yes. something that has been covered up by James Earl Ray didn't do this himself. He might have been involved, but why did they put all the attention into Dealey Plaza? Why has there been JFK and all of this stuff? Why hasn't there right. been a movie about about MLK? And, what and, and how did James L. Ray, Earl Ray end up in, what was it, France? He went England. to Canada it's and then, oh, England? He, yeah, yeah I, you know. He got arrested, and the story just doesn't make any sense. We have a hardened criminal that dropped his rifle outside the door of where he was, and you just look into it. And uh, yeah. it is a dark day in American history, and uh, it's not going to be un- uh, declassified until 2027. Yikes. From 1960 to 20- 2027. Oh, 50 years. The yeah. National Archives. And, and there was a professor, uh, William Peters, that did a mock trial, and they recreated it because William— James Earl Ray never got a trial, and uh, he was uh, acquitted in trial because they couldn't prove that he did it. Oh, that's interesting. He's still alive and in prison, isn't he? No, James Earl Ray has died in prison. He, he got died. 99 years. Yeah. He, he confessed. He, he pleaded guilty and got 99 years, and uh, they didn't do a proper autopsy. There wasn't proper ballistics. At the time, all of the autopsies and recreated ballistics don't 
don't point to what happened. And yeah. I believe that's the reason why that museum is still there. It's because it's the exact same. Dr. King couldn't stay at the Peabody. He had to stay at the Lorraine. Yeah. Half a mile away. Because of the segregation right. laws. Um, yeah, I got uh, it. National Archives report on, on, on assassination. I'll There's check it out, Donna. Thank you very much. And thanks for uh, reminding me that uh, today is the day that Martin Luther King was assassinated. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Tim just called in, I, or was it Don, and reminded me that today is the anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Somehow that one slipped right by me, but what a sad, sad day in American history. Brian in Fort Worth, Texas. Brian, what's on your mind today? Uh, I was just trying to set the record straight on something another caller had mentioned about a lithium shortage. Mm -hmm. um, there isn't actually a lithium shortage. I mean, we can, there's, our oceans are full of it. Um, Aside from that, uh, John B. Goodenough, I don't know if you know the name, but very, um, inventor of random access memory, uh, inventor of lithium-ion batteries, came up with what he's called the glass battery, which replaces the lithium-ion electrolyte with a salt electrolyte. And with a what? With salt? So, Sodium chloride? Yeah, um, a solid salt electrolyte. Huh. Um, yeah. The highlights on it are somewhere between five and six times the capacity of a comparable lithium ion, uh, no degradation after 26,000 cycle charges. I mean, it's wow. fantastic. Yeah, this is, this is the area where we're going with it, though. Yeah, this is the area where we're going to see really significant improvements over the next five years. Uh, you're going to see cars that will charge in, in a minute or two, you know, the same amount of time it takes to fill your car up with gas or a, a few minutes. You're going to see, uh, you know, batteries that don't need to be replaced in, during the lifetime of the car. You know, I keep an eye on the science news out there, and it's just amazing what's going on. Brian, thank you. Thanks for, for pointing that out. I appreciate the call. Alejandro in Miami. Hey, Alejandro, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I just wanted to point out the, the legal absurdities of the Don't Say Gay bill. You know, obviously from a legal perspective since I'm an attorney, I just want to point out that two things with the bill. First of all, the bill at its best is redundant because we already had a parents, you know, right bill, you know, parents um, education rights bill. Right. Anyways, that was already in the law several years ago. So why was there a need to pass this bill, which just copies that, copies and pastes that, and also just and then just to add the the sexual orientation thing? So that's already like a huge red flag. And the fact that the law is pretty vague on uh, what does it mean? Instructions about you know, like sexual orientation or gay. Like people, like the the the, the people defend the bill say there's no gay in the bill. But I think you mentioned before, like, well, yeah, of course, we're not going to put that that you know, obvious thing forward because they want to be more subtle. And so they create this vagueness around it, which has a chilling effect on free speech. That's what we want. When you look up any laws that violate the First Amendment, you look at the what the potential impact could be on free speech. And if it has a chilling effect on free speech, like this law already has a chilling effect on free speech because there's already an LGBT teacher in Miami-Dade County who who quit just because she feels that she cannot be open about her sexuality without triggering this law. She right. feels that, you know, she could be subject to parents. So Alejandro, you're, you're a, a smart attorney. Uh, you know, you're, you've offered legal opinions on this program before that have impressed me. And uh, you live in Florida. Um, yes. So, and, and I read that paragraph from the bill before that that teacher was using. And it seems to me like her logic is correct. Is the, is the enforcement mechanism for the bill that you can sue the school or you can sue people? You can sue the school district, I assume. Great. So what, so what happens if a straight parent 
sues the school, or I, actually, I, I don't think the, the gender identity of the, of the parent would matter at all. What happens if some citizen of Florida sues a school district saying that you are teaching gender identity by reading Dick and Jane books because there's a mom and a dad? I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but sure, you can say because the way the law, the law is written, I mean, I guess we can go over it again, but, you know, in kindergarten through age, grade three or in a matter that's not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Of course, the big thing is what is considered age appropriate and what is considered developmentally appropriate. Those are yeah. pretty vague terms. Right. Like, what does that mean under a law? I don't know, because the law is pretty vague on that, on that thing. So, yes, right. then you could have that realization of, like, hey, if they're talking about straight parents, the gay parents could sue and say, hey, why are you talking about sexual orientation? Like, that's yeah. how stupid that the thing could be interpreted. And that's a chilling effect because the, the teachers don't know what could, what could they say that could trigger a lawsuit, just like the, the stupid Texas abortion law where, you know, obviously, you know, people could sue any abortion provider for doing an illegal abortion. Right. Well, this obviously, this, this was, I think, it makes it unconstitutional from the get-go. And I think that the, the lawsuit will win because it's just the chilling effect of the law. We are, we are wandering into Viktor Orban, Vladimir Putin territory here. You know, these guys have ridden hate and fear of gay people and uh, or LGBTQ people and racial minorities and religious minorities. I mean, you know, Putin has proclaimed Russia to be a Christian nation. Um, they are driving those things to electoral victories and to power. And it troubles me tremendously. Right. Alejandro, I got to run, but thank you for the call. Jim in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Jim, we have a minute left. What's up? Thanks for taking my last call, Terry Tom. Thanks, Jam Packed Newsday. I'll Indeed. tell you that. I um, just wanted to just get a real quick shout out that New Mexico finally got on board legalization of marijuana last Friday. Congratulations. $1.3 million worth of sales on, on Friday, $1 million on Saturday, and it tapered off a bit on Sunday. But that's a fantastic thing, and that just shows how positive it can be. The reason why I did call you, though, Tom, is oh, <laughs> I'm hearing the music. We're, we're out of time, I, Jim. Shopping. Jim, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a pass. You can call back any other time that you want this week and just, just reference this conversation and, and you can make your point. Jim, thanks a lot for the call. And I, and I appreciate the news flash from New Mexico. Thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires all of us, right? It's all in game. So let's play it. Let's participate. Get out there, get active, tag, you're it. Have a great afternoon this afternoon. Be good to yourself and the people around you. Stay safe and pray for peace in the world. We really need it now. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 